Welcome to the Hillside Baptist Chapel's weekly podcast. Please listen as Dr. Steve Wood, pastor, teaches from God's Word. All HBC podcasts can be found on Spotify or Facebook under Hillside Baptist Chapel. Contact information is as follows. Dr. Steve Wood, pastor, phone or message at 6438-6541, email at Wood. 002 at gmail.com. Prayer requests can be sent directly to HBC Prayer List 2020 at gmail.com. Okay, everybody, uh, let's, let's go ahead and get started. We don't have a lot of people here, but where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them, he says. And so if you would go ahead and get a seat, and uh, we'll get going this morning. Frank's going to lead us in prayer as we get going. Oh, Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this morning, oh Lord, this beautiful day, oh Lord. I just pray that you give us grace, oh Father, just to, to love you as we should, oh Father. I pray for your spirit to be with us, oh Father, as, as we talk and we, we have this sermon, oh Father. I pray that your words are heard and not nobody else's but yours, oh Father. So give us that grace, oh Father, to, to trust, to love during this pandemic and just help each one of us, O oh Father. And I pray for the people that's not here, O oh Father. I pray that blessings on them too, O oh Father. So help us this day. Give us grace. In this we ask in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, I knew that we were going to be short this morning. I was hoping we would have a few more than what we uh, do have today. But, uh, uh, you know, it is what it is. And uh, we're going to do uh, a podcast and uh, so maybe with the podcast, I'm able to speak to a few people here, and it's a little better than it is if it's just me and Frank. <laughs> so we're glad you're here, and uh, be praying for others that are not able to be with us here today. Maybe they'll be able to come uh, next week, or maybe we need to change the day from uh, Friday to another day. I know Fridays are bad for at least one person in our membership, and so it may be bad for others as well. I know that we've got some people that have other engagements today, and they notified me prior to today that they couldn't be here. And uh, so anyway, uh, we're glad that you're here, and uh, uh, let's have our first song, How Great Is Our God. Let's stand. Stands. 
All right, we'll recognize uh, Frank again for our prayer concerns this morning. And uh, so, uh, Frank, how are our sick people doing? Hello, everyone. Um, well, Regan's not here. He's going through therapy right now, but it, apparently his toe is getting better, is reconnected, so that's a good thing. Um, don't know about Freddie. He's had back problems in the past. He's not here right now. I hope he's doing better. Um, I do have a, a new request, uh, J.E. Shelby, which is Wanda's brother-in-law, I believe. He has severe back pain. Um, and also with that, remember Leon, too, he, which lives in Arkansas. He's going through some rehab right now. It doesn't look good for him. So uh, the only good thing that I really seen this week was Roberto. He's been on the list for a long time. He's been in Mexico, and he's had uh, kidney issues for quite a while now. Well, all of a sudden, he's out of Mexico. I think his kidney issues is not as bad, and he's home in Connecticut. So praise God for that, because I didn't, I didn't think Roberto was ever going to leave Mexico. So that's about all I got. Wanda's doing better, slowly but surely. Uh, she's coming around. She's walk, She went to the house yesterday. She's walking faster. I noticed that. So it's all good. Thank you. She's not climbing the stairs one foot, one step at a time. She has to do a step. Well, she is doing it one step at a time. She's not doing one step, two steps, you know, what I'm talking about. Anyway, but she is doing a lot better. We're very thankful. And uh, she started to go up just like normal people go up. She decided she better not try to do that. But anyway, um, let's have our uh, next song, and it's Majesty.
All right, hopefully you got our emails and, and uh, you know that we've got some things that uh, we're planning. One is a, a Bible study. And uh, that will be coming out on Wednesday evening at 7 o'clock. So uh, everybody's supposed to be off the streets and out of the stores and away from the businesses that time of day. And uh, so hopefully we'll have uh, a lot of people tuning in to our Bible study beginning this next Wednesday evening. Now, we've got a surprise for that first one. It has to do with Dr. Fred. You'll have to tune in to find out what that surprise is. But we're glad that he's helping with that. And um, so tune in Wednesday night and uh, listen to our Bible study. Uh, we'll be uh, studying through uh, 1 Corinthians, something that we started with my messages uh, several weeks ago. And, and uh, we're going to continue with that uh, study of 1 Corinthians. So uh, that will be next Wednesday evening. Now... Uh, I know that uh, some people weren't able to come today, and it looks like that some people won't be able to come at all on Fridays. And so we may be looking at a change in dates, you know, the day that we have it. Uh, I know that uh, one of the other churches is having theirs on Monday. I don't know whether that would be any better or not, but I'm going to uh, put out some feelers. I'm going to ask some people, all of our people, and uh, see if there is a better day for them. And, uh, uh, you know, I knew that probably us having it uh, during a weekday, we weren't going to be able to have everybody here because there's commitments, there's things that they have to do. And uh, some people had called me prior to today telling them that they had uh, things that they had to do today, just couldn't be here. And I'm glad that they called me and let me know that, but uh, maybe others that are like that as well. And uh, so... Uh, one thing that uh, I think we're going to do is do our podcast for this message, right? And send it out. Now, what Frank is able to do, he's able to tell how many people are listening to our podcast. We have people that have listened to our podcast overseas. Some in the United States, some, I think, in Europe, some in maybe in Australia, I don't know, South Africa, France, France. Why France? I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, if you want people that you know overseas to listen to our podcast, all you have to do is forward it to them. And uh, then Frank will get the notice, hey, somebody in uh, Timbuktu is listening to our broadcast. And, but anyway, uh, I've said that to say this. Listeners to our podcast have dropped considerably. And we don't have near as many people listening to our podcast. If we get down to where nobody's listening, it takes Frank a lot of time and trouble to get our podcast broadcast. You probably don't realize that, but it does. And uh, so uh, we'll just drop that if nobody's listening. But I hope that that's not right. I hope that we have a lot of people listening and uh, especially as we've come to this period of time when we can't meet on Sundays and we're trying to meet another day of the week. Anyway, uh, that's where we are right now. And uh, so uh, be praying about this and uh, uh, pray that uh, God will bless us as we try to continue to do His work. Now today, I want to continue our thoughts about the pandemic. A Christian's response to the coronavirus pandemic is what I've titled the message for today. One of the main scriptures I'm going to be using is found in 2 Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 14. The Bible says, When I shut up heaven and there is no rain, or command the locusts to devour the land, or send pestilence among my people, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to prayers offered 
in this place. Let us pray. Father, we thank you today that we have the privilege of being in your house. That we can worship you in spirit and in truth. And Father, we pray that you'd be with those that couldn't be with us today. You know the needs in each life. You know the problems that they have. Some just can't come during this pandemic. Some have business that they have to take care of. Others have appointments that have been made prior to our scheduling our service for today. And Father, I pray that you would bless each one that's listening to this podcast today. And I pray that they would be blessed by singing the songs, by listening to your word, by worshiping with us here today. And now again, Father, we pray that your blessings would be upon our church and and this assembly today. We thank you for each one that's been able to come out and be with us. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. How should we pray for Panama, the U.S., other places? Some might feel led to apply 2 Chronicles 7 verse 14 and think that that's That's what we need to do. Their idea is that God is allowing this to come upon not only Panama and the United States and Canada and South Africa, but the world. The world is suffering from this pandemic, aren't they? And we're going to talk about that in just a little bit and and some of my thoughts about this pandemic. But anyway... If my people, he says. And uh, certainly we can classify ourselves as his people if we know Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. But theologians would tell us that technically this is an answer to Solomon and his prayer. They were dedicating the temple at this particular time. And sometimes as we read these verses, we we don't think about the context. We don't think about who it's talking to or talking about. And so, yeah, technically 2 Chronicles 7.14 is not about us. It was about Israel. But, as we look at these words, I think there's something that... that, uh, will help us as we face any crisis that we face in our lives, any problems that that we may have. And you may not uh, agree perfectly with the analysis that I'm taking of these verses, but I think you'll agree in most of it as we conclude what I've got to say. The more relevant question, I think, is can this passage principle, the principle of this passage of repentance and humility be applied to Christians here? Now, real Christians, of course, have the right to call themselves children of God or people of God. On the other hand, we need to observe that the immediate context is not for us in these verses of Scripture. They refer to the nation of Israel. Now, as we think about our day and time today, Scriptures contain an example, in fact, of a Gentile nation that did the same things that Solomon is writing to Israel about here. Assyria, with the capital city of Nineveh, 
had been visited by a reluctant prophet, remember? Jonah. And as he had preached, that wicked nation of more than 2,500 people became convicted of their sins. And they turned from their wickedness and they turned to God and they asked Him, they asked God, the God of heaven, to forgive them of their sins. The same things that are applied in this verse of Scripture that we read a moment ago. The example that we have of Nineveh's national repentance illustrates that a Gentile nation can ask and obtain God's mercy when they're sincere in their repentance, when they're sincere as they come to God. Now, if Jonah had had his way, he would have just brought fire and brimstone down upon the city of Nineveh, just like God did for Sodom and Gomorrah, remember? He probably thought as he was coming to this city, oh, if I can just persuade God to, to wipe them out, to just destroy them, to just annihilate them. Because they were the enemies of Israel, were they not? And in fact, we find them fighting against Israel at other times in the Scriptures. But Nineveh's revival was unprecedented. The general principle that we see here then is that God will do likewise toward any Gentile society that will do the same things that Nineveh and Assyria did. If in a time I announce that a nation or a kingdom is to be uprooted, torn down, and destroyed. And if that nation, I warned, repents of its evil, then I will elect not to inflict on it the, the disaster that I planned. Now that's from God's Word in Jeremiah chapter 17, verses 7 and 8. So he's talking about any nation. He's talking about any people anywhere. So we as God's people need to see that God is ready to forgive. He's ready to restore. He's ready to turn from the disaster that he had planned for any particular people. Now, Am I saying that this pandemic is God's judgment on our world? Well, I think it is. I think as we look at our world today, we can see that our world has gone away from God. Our nations, our nation is not as close to God as they once were. As we think about Panama and the United States, I think we can say that, that both of them have fallen back away from where they once were. God said this in Romans 8, verses 26 and 27. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And who who searches the hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. What is he saying there? Bob, he's saying that when you pray and you pray for a certain thing, it may not be just exactly what God would have you to pray for, 
But the Spirit intercedes, and He changes that as it comes before the throne of God, and God receives the prayer He wants you to pray. Am I right? And so, we should pray without ceasing for God's mercy, for His help. All of these things we can find from the Scriptures are things that God wants to happen. And so as long as we're praying, Scripture, as I talked about last week, as long as we're praying the things that God has already said, we can know we're praying the things God wants us to pray. I talked last week about our, our praying prayers back to God that we find in the Scriptures, and, and those things are good as well. But the Holy Spirit will adjust the theology, if you will, of our prayers as they go up. He is the divine editor, if you will, of what we say. So please pray for Panama. Please pray for the United States, the other nations that are on your heart. And know that that God is going to hear that prayer. Now let us talk for just a minute about the pandemic itself. As we think about what we're going through. This coronavirus has dominated the news for months now, hasn't it? Not just a week, not just a few weeks, but but months. And it's been classified as a pandemic. don't have to explain all of that to you, but extreme actions are being taken by governments around the world to contain the spread of this disease. Now, it's driven the stock market down. It's fluctuating now, but, but it's down to what it was. Unfortunately, it's part of the political agenda that we're seeing especially in the United States and the presidential election that's coming up. And it's affecting commerce, travel, entertainment, sports. You know it's serious if Panama closes sporting events, right? They love their football. We call it soccer. Presidents Cortizo and Trump have declared national emergencies because of the pandemic. This disease could cause widespread devastation to our world's population. Now, the influenza of 1918. There's a comparison with that. I want to talk about that for just a moment. That pandemic, it was classified as such, affected one-third of the world's population back then. Now the world didn't have near as many people back then as we have today. And Affecting one-third of the population, that would be the same as two and a half billion people in today's population. Now, it's estimated that there have been many people killed because of this, I'll, I'll talk more about that in just a moment, because of this virus. And estimates range as high as 100 million people dying because of it throughout the world. But to put it in perspective, the total fatalities of World War II are between 70 and 85 million. They're saying 100 million maybe for this pandemic. 
these statistics explain why the government's response to this is such a dramatic response, why they're doing what they're doing, why they're causing us to have social distancing, why they're causing us to check people's temperature and spray their hands and sanitize their feet and sanitize their cars as they go through checkpoints. I don't know of any other nation that's doing that, but Panama is, aren't they? And maybe it helps. I don't know. I'm, I'm not saying. But somebody said that this flu has killed in 24 weeks more than HIV AIDS has killed in 24 years. Wow, that's a lot, isn't it? The latest statistics tell us in Alto Bocate, there's 42 that have the virus. Bajo Bocate has 15. And Los Dorangas, where we were meeting before, has 22 that have the virus. Now, some, and if you go, if you follow social media, you know that some people are, are saying some of these things. Some are saying that the deaths that are recorded since the pandemic began are all said to be from the coronavirus. Well, that's not quite true. But here's something that one of the individuals in the medical profession told me, and I think it is true, that if an individual has cancer and they're dying, and you know their immune system is down already, and then they get this virus and they die, they're listed as dying from the coronavirus. It doesn't name anything else as a contributing factor. If an individual has the coronavirus and they die of a heart attack, they're listed as dying from the coronavirus. If they die of a stroke, you get my picture. So anyone who has the coronavirus and they die, they're listed as a statistic of the coronavirus. And that may not be true. Another thing. And again, this is from a medical professional that I'm getting this information. If you get sick and they come and they test you for the coronavirus, they list you and your household as being affected by the coronavirus, as you're sick with the coronavirus. Immediately, they, they test and they quarantine your house, your whole house, and your family is listed and every member of your household is listed as being sick with coronavirus, even though they may not be sick at all. Okay, I understand that. They want to isolate you and, and, and your family from other people to keep them from getting that virus in case you do have it. Okay, I'm, I don't have any qualms with that. That's okay. But here's the thing. When the test comes back negative, and you don't have the coronavirus, you and your family are still listed as individuals with the coronavirus. They don't take you off the list. At least this is what I've been told. I don't know whether that's everywhere or this was just in the area where this medical professional was working. So, regardless, even with, with those negatives associated with are calculating the sick of this virus. This virus is serious. I'm not trying to tell you that it's not. And that's why we're following the rules. That's why we're wearing masks. That's why we're doing the social distancing. That's why we're having you to sanitize as you come into the building. We don't want you to get sick. I love you. And I want you to be safe. And so we're going to do everything we can on our part to try and keep you safe and try and keep you from getting that virus. <coughs> now, 
How should we respond then in this current situation that we're involved in? As Christians, what should we personally do? Well, one of the things that we need to do, we need to exercise prudence and common sense. When Satan tempted Jesus to jump off the temple, remember? He suggested that if he did that, then everybody would follow him. He would have a shortcut to people being his disciples. What did Jesus say? Luke 4, verse 12, he says, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. If we are doing something so foolish as to tempt or test God, then we're doing wrong. Let me give you a quote from G. Campbell Morgan. Most of you are probably familiar with him. He was a a famous Christian author of not too long ago. And he says, the moment we do something to prove God, notice what he says, the moment that we do something to prove God, we're proving that we're not so sure of God. Trust never employs tricks, Campbell says, to find out whether the one trusted is trustworthy. In other words, we don't do anything to test God and to see if God is really going to be true to His Word. We don't do that. God is true to His Word. It's one thing to take a bold step of faith in obedience to what God has already told us. But it's another thing to initiate an action for our own purpose as Satan suggested that Jesus did. When Israel came to Kadesh Barnea in Numbers 13, God had given them the land of promise, had He not? Numbers 13 verse 2 tells us that. And they were told to go over and possess it. Well, Moses, as he came to Kadesh Barnea, he sent over the twelve spies. He wasn't sending them over to find out if they could take the land. God had already given it to them. He sent them over to find out what the land was like. What they were going to have when they came into the land. And maybe to be able to work some strategy about which way to go and how to go do what God had already told them to do. But you remember what happened. The 12 spies came back and Joshua and Caleb said, let's go. They said it's a land flowing with milk and honey. It's just like God had had told them that it was. Let's go. Let's take it. Let's take possession. God has given it to us. Let's go. The ten of the spies, the majority, the majority is not always right, is it? But the majority said, no, we can't, we can't. There's giants in the land. We can't take it. What had God done? God had given it to them. But the spies said, we can't. They took the negative approach, did they not? Now, in John chapter 8, Jews had picked up stones to stone Jesus. 
to kill him. Now, what was Jesus' response? What did he do? Interestingly, you got me. <laughs> they were going to kill Jesus, but Jesus didn't do what we might think he would do. Now, what he could have done, he could have worked a miracle. He could have struck them with blindness. He could have uh, caused them to have paralysis where they couldn't lift the stones. He could have done a number of things. But the Bible tells us that he hid himself. Hid, H-I-D. He hid himself. And so passed on through them. In John 8, 58, 59 rather, then they took up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them and so passed by. He became, as you might think, invisible to them. Would you think that? They didn't see him. Now, we see something similar in Paul's life when the authorities were trying to arrest him. He did something practical. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 33, he tells us about it. But I was let down in a basket through a window in the wall and escaped from their hands. Now, could he ask God to rain down fire on them? Could he ask God to do some other miracle and, and allow him to escape? Well, I suppose he could have. He just took the practical way out. I think in this pandemic, what we need to do is, is not look for the miraculous necessarily. And that's not saying God can't work miracles. But let us do the practical thing. Let us do the social distancing. Let us wear the mask. Let us be careful in the places we go and the things that we do. And not make ourselves a target for this particular virus. I think we can be a witness for the Lord in that way better than we could if we tried something else that would put God to the test. Now, prior to the 1918 pandemic, the world was boasting about its scientific achievements, especially in the field of medicine. It, uh, one quote that I have says, For over a century, the booming science of medicine has gone from one triumph to another. Researchers developed vaccines for many diseases, smallpox, anthrax, rabies, diphtheria, meningitis. The advance in microbiology back then, had led the people to the thought of invincibility. Nothing can harm us. It was that context that the world was hit with something they were ill-equipped to handle. That flu. And it was in that context that a ship was built that they said could not be sunk. The Titanic, remember? You know the rest of the story, don't you? Now, our attitude to this pandemic begins with humility. It sounds courageous for an individual to get up and say, we can defeat this. Now, if we do that with the same mindset that Caleb and Joshua had at Kadesh Barnea, that's okay. They said, we can defeat them. We can go in and conquer the land because God has given it to us. Now, 
I don't think it's wrong for us to say that God can defeat this. Because He can, right? He has the ability to do that. And then we must pray. We must seek His face following 2 Chronicles 7, 14. But, but, you know, that applies for us today, doesn't it? And then the last condition in 2 Chronicles 7, 14 is that we turn from our wicked ways. Is America turning from their wicked ways? Is Panama turning from their wicked ways? That's for God to see and God to say. When God struck Egypt with a plague, did you notice that in the first three, the Israelites had to suffer through the same things that the Egyptians suffered? But after those, He delivered His people from those plagues. And they didn't have to suffer through those things. But what God was showing to the Egyptians was the weakness of their idols. And I think I've gone through this with you in the past that every one of those plagues had to do with one of their gods. You remember Egypt had many gods and you know he he darkened the sun one of their gods was the sun and so on but anyway at times I think God is saying to people who are in distress we can either do this the easy way Or we can do this the hard way. God always wants to do it the easy way. In Amos, God pleaded with the people in chapter 4. He rehearsed the chastening that He sent. And this was all designed to bring them back to God. Yet they didn't repent. Listen to what God says. I gave you empty stomachs in every city and lack of bread in every town. Yet you have not returned to me, declares the Lord. I also withheld rain from you when the harvest was still three months away. I sent rain on one town and another town had water. Yet you have not returned to me, declares the Lord. I sent plagues among you, so that, as I did in Egypt, I killed your young men with a sword, along with your captured horses. I filled your nostrils with a stench of your camps. Yet you have not returned to me, declares the Lord. I overthrew some of you as I overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah. You were like a burning stick snatched from the fire. Yet you have not returned to me, declares the Lord. Therefore, this is what I will do to you, Israel. And because I will do this to you, Israel, prepare to meet your God. He worked to bring Israel back to Him. He worked to get them to repent, to get them to return to Him. But they didn't. And Amos 4, 6-12 that I read, tells us, God says, prepare to meet your God. Now, God is a good God. But He allows things to happen for people to turn back to Him, for people to come back to Him, for people to do what's right. I think, I think the things that are going on in our world today 
is because God wants people to turn back to Him. He wants us to be people who will follow Him in every situation. We must trust the Lord. That's one of the things that that we find from the scriptures that we've read today. We need to trust the Lord. To accomplish the things that God wants us to do, it takes trust in Him. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, it says, He is not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Now we apply this to the lost, and I think that's right that we do that. But only as individuals know about God can they turn to God, can they repent of their sins, can they be saved. We are God's instruments for righteousness in the world. And God wants us to be a shining, bright light to them that would bring them to God, that would help them to see their need of His salvation. And I don't think overall God's people are that kind of light to the world. You are the light of the world. Isn't that what He said? A lamp that is elevated, that would give light into all that are in the house. And so on and on we find in the Scriptures. He says in Psalm 20, verse 7, Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Let's not trust in scientific achievements, in breakthroughs in medicine, but let's simply trust in the Lord. Now God can give these kinds of things, don't get me wrong. And that may be the way He'll defeat this pandemic, I don't know. But let's trust in Him. Regardless of what happens, regardless of what's going on in the world, we need to trust in Him. We need to be His people to honor Him and do His will. Let's stand together and we're going to have our closing hymn. All to Jesus is the name of our song. And if there are decisions that are needed from those that are here today, we give you the opportunity to come and make those decisions. Maybe it is today that, that you're listening to this podcast in your home and there's a decision that you need to make. We give you information at the beginning and at the end of our podcast for you to be able to contact me and I would be glad to talk to you about anything that's on your heart give me a call as we sing all to Jesus I surrender
I surrender all. Bob Miller, if he will, to lead us in our dismissal prayer, please. Thank you, our Father, that we can come today and worship you. We ask that this next week that you give us the opportunity to witness, to bring others to you. We thank you for this church. Bless us, guide us, and direct us. We ask it in thy name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for being here today. Contact information is as follows. Dr. Steve Wood, Pastor, phone or message at 6438-6541, email at steverwood002 at gmail.com. Prayer requests can be sent directly to hbcprayerlist2020 at gmail.com. This concludes the HBC Weekly Podcast. Please join us every Sunday for our HBC Cyber Service. Hillside Baptist Chapel has moved right next to Chopsticks in Alto Bocchetti. This new location seems perfect for our growing church. The hours will be as follows. Bible study, 9.45 a.m. and worship at 11 a.m. Thank you and God bless.